the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tackle that dream. Go after that plan that God has put in your life. God has a plan for your life. But there's a second thing. God's plan may involve your pain. God's plan may involve your pain. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus Christ like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhillchurch.com. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. As we walk through these unprecedented and unusual times, people who once had great aspirations, they they wanted to do something big. They had dreams for their lives. People tend to give up, and dreams are important. Did you know that we all dream one to two hours every night? And scientists tell us that after the first five minutes, we've forgotten about 50% of our dream. (laughs) After 10 minutes, we've forgotten 90% of our dream, but the dream still did something important in us physically. They tell us that dreams help to reduce stress in our lives, and, and dreams can even cause us to be recharged and revitalized physically. I believe the same is true of, of you and, and of me spiritually and emotionally. When you've got a God-given dream that's birthed and begins to grow inside of you, it recharges you, it, it revitalizes you. You have something to live for. It's your destiny. It's God's plan. Now, in the Bible, when we think about destiny, we, we think of two kinds of destiny. First is your eternal destiny, the reality that every one of us will spend forever somewhere. We're all born separated from God, and that's because of our sin, and that sin's going to cause us, if it's undealt with, to spend forever separated from God. We'll miss out on his best here on this side of the heaven, and, and, and we'll spend forever in hell, but that's not God's desire. God's desire for your eternal destiny is that you spend forever with him. So he made away. The Bible says that God sent his only son, Jesus, out of his deep love for us and that Jesus lived a perfect life, that he died a cruel death on a sinner's cross and and he rose from the grave, paying the price for our sin and offering us forgiveness and life. He did that so that your eternal destiny could be together with him. But we also have an earthly destiny. That's what happens in our life on on this side of heaven. That's God's plan. It's what I believe the Apostle Paul is talking about in the book of Ephesians uh, when he tells us that we haven't begun to dream or imagine the things that God wants to do through the power already that's at work within us. If you are a child of God, if your eternal destiny is secure, then, then I believe God has an earthly destiny for your good and for his glory. And I believe he'll give you a dream to help you discover that. 
There's probably no better biblical example of that than the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis. The life of Joseph takes up about 14 chapters and its, its climax is in Genesis chapter 50. Listen to what it says in Genesis chapter 50 in verse 19. But Joseph said to them, do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. You want to define your God-given dreams? It's the place of God. It's being where God wants you to be. And I believe that's something that God has in store for every one of us. The story of Joseph begins with personal adversity. But it ends here in Genesis chapter 50 in international crisis. And that's why this is an important story no matter where you are. Some of you today are going through personal adversity, difficulty, whether it's with your health or or, or your finances, your career, or relationships. All of us are facing this international crisis. And, And so we have to ask this question, God, how do I still pursue your best? My dreams. How do I fulfill my, my destiny? Well, in Genesis 50 and verse 20, it, it speaks to that when, when Joseph reminds us, hey, you meant this for evil, but God brought it about for good. As we journey life's path, we're going to experience both bad and good. And that's why Joseph's story is really a testimony to what we find in Romans 8.28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Yes, even the God life is filled with both good and bad. And if we want to discover his best, we had better learn how to navigate this journey in such a way to focus on the dreams that he's given us. That's what we're going to do today as we look at the life of Joseph. Let me give you a little background into his family. He was born of the parents, Jacob and Rachel. You might remember Jacob. He had a brother Esau. They fought. He got into trouble. He was exiled to a foreign land. He saw this beautiful woman that he loved. Her name was Rachel. The father said, hey, if you work for seven years, you can marry her. And so he did. But after seven years, the father said, oh, I forgot to tell you, she's my younger daughter. You've got to first marry the older daughter. If you work seven more years, you can marry Rachel too. And so he did. So many years later, he, he married Rachel. And in fact, in Joseph's family, you had not only Leah as a mother and, and Rachel as a mother, you had two other concubines of his father, Jacob, this royal family, Joseph and his brothers, grandchildren of Abraham. Boy, it was a dysfunctional family. In fact, you're going to see they were toe up from the flow up dysfunctional. And yet out of that family... God does something big. He brings forth a dreamer. I want to introduce you to Joseph when we first meet him in Genesis 30 and verse 23. It says, she conceived and she bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. Joseph was born in Rachel's old age. She would have one more son and she would die in childbirth. But here she's saying, after all these years, God has answered my prayer. He has delivered me out of what discouraged me. 
It's another reason that this is a great life story to learn from. Because you're walking through discouragement. You feel like your life has become a reproach. You need to be reminded that God can deliver you. And so the next verse, verse 24 says, And she called his name Joseph, saying, May the Lord add to me another son. I've already told you God ends up fulfilling her prayer, but I want you to focus on her prayer today. She prayed, God, would you add to me? Here's my request for you. Would you join me in praying that? God, would you add to me today? Would you continue to teach me what I don't know? Give me what I don't have. Make me what I've not yet become so that my life would not only be the best for my good, but but for your glory. That's what I'd like to pray with you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we say thank you for the gift of life. This is another day that you've made. We rejoice and we're glad in it. We've already learned that no matter what we're facing, no matter what we've been through, you are a God who will get us through what you've brought us to. So we say thank you in advance for being with us during this season. We would ask that today as we've opened your word that you would continue to show us all it is that you have in store for us. God, I pray that as your children listen to your word taught wherever they are, God, that they might tap into the dreams that you've prepared for them. God, for that person that hears this message and and they've not yet understood what it means to have a relationship with your son, Jesus Christ, may today be the day of their salvation. And Lord, I'd also ask that in these next few minutes, the words I say and even my thoughts would be pleasing to you so that you might add to us. We don't want to walk away the same. We don't want to go back to normal. Make us new. Give us new dreams for your glory today. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So dive in with me. Let's look at this full story of Joseph. And really, we are introduced to him in a more significant way in Genesis 37. Listen to what it says in verse 2. These are the generations of Jacob. I would remind you by this point, Jacob has 12 children, 10 sons, a daughter, and Joseph. Uh, Eventually, he's going to have that 12th son that'll be born of Rachel and, and then she'll die. The generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilna and Zilpah, that's the concubines, and his father's wives, that's Leah and Rachel. And Joseph brought a bad report to their father. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he was the son of his old age. He made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him. They could not speak peacefully to him. I told you this was a dysfunctional family. You've got a a doting dad. You've got many mothers. You've got bitter brothers. and, And now all this drama. And that drama is going to set a backdrop for familial catastrophe. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Video of the message you're listening to is available when you click the Watch tab at MissionHillChurch.com. Thanks for sharing time with us. 
and for sharing your financial gifts by clicking the Give button at MissionHillChurch.com. And now, with more of today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. And some of you, you look at your family background and you say, man, I've got potential for this to turn out very sour, for this to be bad. I really believe that we can learn from this and see that God can protect us from some of the things that would divide and destroy us as we journey through life. Let's continue. Genesis chapter 37, verse 5. And Joseph had a dream. There's that word. He's a dreamer. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, hear this dream that I have dreamed. (laughs) Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. Behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. Behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. Now, before we go any further, I think you and I can understand why his brothers might would have gotten upset. But he doesn't stop there. His brother said to him, are you indeed to reign over us? Are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed another dream. He told it to his brothers and he said, behold, I've dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream you've dreamed? Shall I and your mother, your brothers, indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And the brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept this saying in mind. We're talking about dreaming. I'm encouraging you to dream on. But I want to warn you, there are some things that can kill our dreams. They can rob us. They can steal the joy that God intends in our life. And some of them begin with us. So, For example, in Joseph's life, I think his immaturity... His immaturity had the opportunity to become a dream killer. Why do I say he was immature? (laughs) Because he was a tattletale. Nobody likes a tattletale. In our very first introduction to Joseph, we learned that he's telling on his brothers. Of course they hated that. And unfortunately, it made them hate him. Not only his immaturity, his insensitivity could have become a, a dream killer in his life. If you're not aware of what's going on in the people around you, it can create problems. And I think that did for Joseph. Not only was he known to strut around in this coat of many colors, but here he goes and he shares this dream. And did you know psychologists even tell us that it's it's not always wise to share the dreams and the visions that God's given you. Some people won't understand them. And sometimes the psychologists tell us that even after you've shared that dream, you feel like you've accomplished it, so you won't continue to pursue it. I don't know what was going on with Joseph, but we know that it did not turn out well that he shared his dreams. His dreams were given to him by God, but he was not ready to realize the dreams that God had given him. He still had some growing up to do. And so I'd remind you, you've got some things, maybe you're hearing this thus far and you're thinking, boy, I've had big dreams, but nothing's coming of them. I need to remind you, we've learned this in the past, God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. And sometimes God needs to develop us for the dreams he's destined us for. Sometimes he's still working in us so that he might one day work through us. 
I love the way Tony Evans puts it. He says, sometimes God allows detours around us so that he can do the necessary construction in us. So here's Joseph. He's contributing to the problem and he's about to learn that sometimes things get worse before they get better. But let's look at Joseph's brothers. In general, they illustrate to us that unhealthy relationships form a breeding ground for the killing of our dreams. So if you look around you and and your life is filled with unhealthy relationships, it's probably going to be hard to go after your dreams. Let's look at what made his relationships so unhealthy with his brothers. First, it said they hated him. You never see hate spoken of highly in scripture. In fact, in Psalms 33, 1, it says, behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Solomon tells us in Proverbs 10, 12, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all distress. First John 2, 9 tells us that whoever says he's in the light, but hates his brother is still in darkness. You, you can't pursue God's best when you're filled with hate. There was hate, but there was also jealousy and, and jealousy can rob us of our dreams. In Song of Solomon in chapter eight and verse six, it says, jealousy is as fierce as the grave. His brothers were jealous. They had seen that he was the favorite of their father. And that didn't help their relationship. And then ultimately, there began to be violence and even what we would define as abuse. And violence and abuse can rob us of the dreams in our lives. But it doesn't have to be this way. I want to continue the story. Look at verse 18. Joseph had been sent to his brothers by his father. They had been out working. He's 17, but he wasn't with them. That probably did not go over well anyway. So in verse 18, it says, they saw him from afar, and before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, here comes a dreamer. Is that ever said of you? Here comes a dreamer. Are you known as a person who is always thinking about what could be, what what should be a vision for the future? Are, Are you thinking about God's best? Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him. And we will see what will become of his dreams. And that's what I want you to think about before we go any further. What will become of your dreams? I believe no matter who you are and and where you are, God has begun to birth something inside of you, something he put there for your good and for his glory. And you get to decide what will become of your dreams. But when Reuben heard it, he rescued him out of their hands saying, let us not take his life that he might rescue him out of their hand to restore him to the father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors that he wore. Now I want you to think about that robe. 
The robe of many colors. What was that to Joseph? Oh, it was something valuable. It was meaningful. And this story tells me that sometimes God will allow us to be stripped of those things that we deem valuable so that he might put our focus where he wants it to be. Right now we're walking through this worldwide crisis and and I believe it is exposing the idols in our life. Those things we were holding on to that really weren't that important, that may be keeping us from those things that God wants us to experience. And then it says they took him and they throw them, threw him into a pit and the pit was empty and there was no water in it. The pit. Are you in a pit today? A spiritually dry place? Have you ever felt like your dreams had been shattered? Your hope had been broken? Your confidence in the future was uncertain and and you did not know where you were going to turn? Well, we're reading a story in Scripture of one who can relate. So I want us to think about dreams for just a few minutes. I suppose that first I should ask, does God still give us dreams today? What do you think? I believe the answer to that is yes. Number one, did you know that all around the world, God is speaking to people in dreams and visions for the purpose of revealing himself to them so that they may hear the good news of salvation. One of my favorite stories of God's work through the ministry of this church is is one who walked through the doors one day and was eventually led to Christ from a faraway land because God had revealed himself to her in a dream and she came to this place to hear the truth and the hope and the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's happening all around the world. So God still does give dreams for the purpose of leading to his salvation. But there's another reason God gives dreams. I believe God plants dreams into the lives of believers so that they might live for his greater glory. So I want to ask you again, has God given you a dream? If God gives dreams today, there are some things we have to remember. First of all, we've got to remember that in our dreams, God will never contradict his word. So don't think for a second God's going to give you a dream that uh, overspeaks what he's already told us in his word. Secondly, if God gives us a dream, it's always going to be for a purpose greater than for ourselves. God's not going to give you a dream just to benefit you. God's going to give you a dream so that you might point to others and benefit others. That's what we see at the end of Joseph's story. These dreams that God had been given him was so that he could impact the nations, literally the world, for the glory of God. The third thing I see in the story about dreams, if God gives us dreams... We have input into what will come of those dreams. So I want to look at Joseph. We're just diving into his story, just an introduction today. And I want to give us some things that are very familiar. They're biblical, spiritual principles that apply all throughout God's word, but they're foundational. So I want you to understand this as you think about pursuing the dreams God has given you. Number one, God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. You are not accidental. 
God has a plan for your life that he wants you to accomplish with him and through him and for him. And if you do not accomplish the plan that God has for you, no one else is going to accomplish it. That's the dream that he's birthing. It's why he created you. And just because it's God's plan, it doesn't mean it's not going to be difficult. God's dreams take discipline. Dreams always take discipline. Dreams without discipline may become nightmares in your life. So here's what I want you to do today. Dare to discipline and tackle that dream. Go after that plan that God has put in your life. God has a plan for your life. But there's a second thing. God's plan may involve your pain. God's plan may involve your pain. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis, an outreach of Mission Hill Church. If you're looking for answers to difficult questions or searching for a church home, you're invited to any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. Details and directions at missionhillchurch.com. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhillchurch.com and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhillchurch.com. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk, a.m. 570 and 910.